0: Good afternoon, everyone. It's
1: good to be with you yet again. Today's clinic is rather interesting. I actually got data sets rolling in the last few minutes before we went live. A test just validated that we've inserted into the deck, and I think you'll find fascinating. The subject today is subject lines that convert, and a review of 100-plus successful subject lines reveals what motivates people to open an email. This is something we almost deal with. Any of us that are using the email channel, begin by thinking about the most important piece, and that is before anyone has a chance to consider our offer, before they have a chance to actually click through, we've got to get them to open the email. They can't even begin the dialogue with us until we can get them to somehow respond. This is one of the first and most important micro yeses in that series of micro yeses that leads to the ultimate macro yes, and thus the purchase. Knowing that, means that we should pay close attention to this uh, sort of fascinating set of experiments. Today will be different. As I, as I start to think about that and just sort of slip through the bio and get right into the content, we recently did some research with Marketing Sherpa, and when we asked marketers what barriers exist to overcoming top challenges and uh, to sort of select the top or most important ones, this is what we discovered, staffing expertise, and creating consistent, relevant content. Now, that's critical because it sort of leads to a tool that I'm going to show you right now. This, uh, this is different. I'm actually going to show you how we experimented with an automated tool that's supposed to help you pick or develop the best subject line. We had to run an experiment to see if it was effective, and then greater than that, we had to sort of... Probe deeper to try and understand what could we learn that will help us all get more of our emails read. Now, the background for many of you that are familiar with NEC Labs or don't know is 15, nearly 20 years now of research in this field. We have tested across a billion emails. And so much of what we'll be talking about will come from that work. But to sort of help you with this, I want to bring one of our key analysts up who has worked for a long time in this field running lots of major research projects and experiments. Started out many years ago as my personal assistant. We don't always tell folks that. But now that would be hard to imagine because John has uh, risen up and is high in the organization as a leader. And I'm uh, proud of him. Coming up, John. Appreciate having you. So John is here and he didn't know, but as I was reviewing the content and he helped develop the presentation, I thought it would be best to actually have him sort of help explain the test you're going to see now. So John, just start by telling us what this is they're seeing on the screen.
0: Sure. So um, what we've got here is a subject line rating tool. And it was funny how I came across it because, as you know, when, when you're doing research like this, your look you're, if the demand for it is very high. Yes. And so you're trying to bring in new team members. You're trying to find a way to conduct the research faster, get more done, and you've got to train them. Yes. You've got to help them get to those few that you can test because you can't test everything. Yes. And as I'm looking for ways to do that, I I, come across this, uh, this wonderful, interesting little tool. You put the subject line in, and what you get is a score based off of 400 unique rules and, uh, according to the tool, one billion-plus sent email messages. Uh, And mind you,
1: a couple of things for you that, that are sort of, zeroing in on what we're trying to say. I don't even think we've told you the name of your organization. This isn't an attempt to try to bring any sort of negative uh, review of any particular tool or vendor. We're really after something much more fundamental. And that is, can a tool like this help you? And more importantly, what can we use to get a more effective subject line? So, So, John, in the course of actually running a set of experiments for a research partner, came across this tool, right?
0: Right. So, um, And, uh, you know, the promise of the tool is great. Um, I'm all for technology, if it can help us. So, but being a little skeptical and being in research, I decided to run some tests. Yes. So um, let's take a look at uh, one test right now, if you just uh, click next. Here, uh, we've got a large financial institution offering mortgages to consumers. Their goal in this particular test was to determine uh, which claim of value would generate the most response. And using the subject line, we would measure which would produce the greatest so, this is, the, this is sort of the setup
1: from the test protocol. Right. We, we have the world's largest library of these uh, case studies. This is also one of the largest banks in the world, just to be candid. Right. And uh, we're doing a subject line test, and we're going to ask you, the audience, to help us. Using the uh, Q&A feature in GoToMeeting, I'm showing you three subject lines, version A, B, and C, and I'd like you to select from which one of these you think will produce the highest possible yield. So, there they are, and if you would, just take a moment and let us see your vote. I see, uh, Bill says C, 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 a lot of C's, B, A, A, B, A, C, C, A, and more, okay, coming in, interesting. Keep them voting. We actually study your votes afterwards to look for patterns, and they're coming so fast, I can hardly call the names because the screen is rolling up as... uh, ...as I try to sort of lock down. But I want you to know that even as you rated this, we also had it rated by this tool. Right. So let's look at the results and let's look at the score. Now, the total score is out of 100. Right. So the higher the better. And so the first one uh, scored a 63. The second scored a 78. And the third scored a 81. So 63, 78, and 81. This would indicate that the best subject line is 81. Right, version C. So let's see what happens in the data set. And, John, you just sort of explained it. I'll pull up the data. Sure. You ran the test. Here's what we discovered.
0: So the results showed, it looked what appeared to be an accurate prediction. Um, as the score was lowering, so the results, so 78 beat 63, 9.5%, and yes. then 81 beat 78 at 16%. So it really appeared like the tool, and this is for open rate. So we're looking
1: at this for open rate, but we want to know more than open rate because eventually we're after that macro yes. And that macro yes requires them to go do and go beyond that and into the sort of click through into the offer page. And so bearing on all of that, here's sort of what we did. All right, John, let's look at it from an open rate standpoint. You might explain what we discovered.
0: So take a look at the click rate, as you can see in yellow. Uh, clearly, it looks like there's a discrepancy because the tool said that version B should beat version A. But as you can see, uh, we actually see a different result. Interesting. All right. Now, so
1: all this did was create a question mark. And remember, yeah. Mech Labs is a science uh, research uh, institution. We, we're not, we shouldn't approach this with a bias. The goal here is discover if it works. And by the way, if this tool works, it's fantastic. We, should, yeah. we should utilize it. We should be recommending it. We should look for ways to improve it. And I'm not saying it couldn't work. But at this point, we have a question. What yeah. does this mean? And so we have to go back, study uh, the, the, the situation and build a hypothesis and test again.
0: Right. So I'll take you to another experiment. John, tell us what happened. So here we've got a, a different one. I've got a well-known news publication. Uh, you're familiar. To increase subscriptions, uh, and this, what's important is they're former subscribers. They haven't been subscribers for at least a year, okay. uh, between a year and two years. And they're trying to win them back. Trying to win them back. All right. So... So,
1: that's the sort of context for what you're going to see. Audience, I need you to vote again. Uh, Version A, Version B, and Version C. Version A is choose from two ways to save big on the new, and that's the name of the publication. Version B is save 50% on your choice of two new subscription options. And Version C is home delivery comes with free access. One of the largest newspapers in the world. This is a test. John, we're going to look at what the tool showed us now. So, You've made your vote. And I'm watching them come in, all uh, from all over the world. Michael, sewed version C. Michael, I can see that because you put version C instead of just uh, the letter C, so it slowed me down. Version B, I can read that one too as it rolls up from Anna, and uh, and many of you are voting. And it's sort of a looks to me from just the pattern that I'm seeing that the vote is pretty split. Let's see what the tool tells us. The tool rates version A at 56. Right. All right. It rates
0: version B at 59. Right and it rates version C at 50. So, what this is telling me is that version B should win okay. all around. It should beat A, and it should beat C. Okay, so with that in mind, let's take a look at what happened. Well, it uh, looks like version B didn't win. In fact, uh, version A out of 56 significantly beat version B, and, uh, uh, but it, you know, at least it did beat C, and this was for open rate. Alright, so just to be clear,
1: Version A had an open rate uh, of 9.43 against yes. version C, which was 6.28. Yes. And version B, which was 7.01. So right. the big differential is a 50.2% increase. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. And uh, when you take a look at click rate, what's interesting is you, uh, if you click there, you see the same kind of pattern. So um, version B should have won, but in fact, compared to the other two, It lost. All right. So now we're looking at click through. We saw sort of open
1: rate and now we're looking at click rate. And you can see now the difference is even wider with an 86% relative difference. So we know right now the tool is not predicting accurately, but we still have questions. Right. Right. So so what did you do, John? So,
0: you know, I got a little obsessive. Uh, Let's show another test. So here we've got another partner. They're renting a list and trying to get more people to open and click. Version A, version B. And uh, the tool, um, when we go and rate it, version A got a 94, and version B got a 76. And the results showed me that on open rate, it lost, lost again. And uh, when you take a look at click rate, uh, what you see is the same thing, but just larger. Interesting.
1: So the gap gets even wider as you look through on the click rate. Now, mind you, this is what's important. Not that a particular tool doesn't work or does work. And, and if you're just sort of logging in trying to understand where this is going, we want to give you a set of principles that will help right. guide how you develop your subject lines. And in fact, we use those principles in a test that just validated today, about 40 minutes before this uh, lecture. And so we've included them in the results. And I'm going to teach you in just a few minutes. But we're wanting to sort of set up the problem. And you should start to be seeing that problem as you think about what's unfolding here. And, John, you just sort of explained to us what you did after this.
0: Yeah, I got really obsessive for hours and hours. I just started plugging stuff in. And I lost count there hundreds of subject lines. But I, I kept it all into Excel sheet, calculated everything, you know, had it, you know, kind of verified in, in what was the result. So the, and this, so this went through scientists and was certified. Right. So you, what you've got is um, 31... So the accuracy. tool predicted a
1: winner 31.57% of the time. And right. put that into some sort of context for us, John.
0: So for 25 cents more, you could double your accuracy. Um, meaning a <laughs> coin
1: essentially predicts a winner 50% of the time. Is right. Okay. <laughs> so so the bottom line is, and I think the coin is helpful from this standpoint, it just helps you realize that
0: you can't rely on a tool like this right now. Right. Uh, it, but it begs, it begs a bigger question is what happened with the tool? Why did it go wrong? Yes, and, and John, what are your thoughts? So, uh, you know, when you take a look at it, I noticed a lot of things I'm very familiar with. Industry standards like mobile subject line links. Yes. Um, you know, the, the use of certain symbols for deliverability, uh, you know, including certain word types. And I've noticed that this is common in a lot of, mar- a lot of marketers that I've talked to. So, so these are rules. Right. Commonly held to be true that are practiced by
1: marketers everywhere.
0: And they are being, using this tool to rate these subject lines.
1: So they're actually part of the rules built
0: into the logic of the yes, tool. Yes, Right. So so that leads to what sort of conclusion for you So uh, what I've noticed is that because the tool was kind of analyzing subjects in this subject lines in this way, it almost seemed like it was losing like the human element yes kind of the the idea that that people are actually engaging in these subject lines, yes, uh, as opposed to maybe a, an analysis from a computer or yes. some kind of a yes um, you know machine yes, 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 all right so so there is a difference in terms of the logic that's being applied
1: here right. and, and, and even sort of the transcendent set of tools that help make the decision right. All right, so I want to stay there for a moment, and I want to think about what we can learn from this. And really, I know that you didn't come onto this, uh this uh, clinic simply to learn what doesn't work, but you need to learn what does work. And the point of the precious time you've invested here is to sort of get you to think differently and start to help you with something that you can take away that will get significant results for you as soon as you go back to work. Right. So, John, I want to thank you for helping us with that the initial it. experiment, yes. and we're going to go right into the rest of the teaching. So let's get right into content that I think will be useful for you. And uh, here is the first one. Customers are not trying to open your emails, they are trying to eliminate them. People do not read their emails with excitement and enthusiasm. They read them as an annoyance. The same way you happen, you recall in some of you before email came along, and many of you still today, what it was like to get a lot of mail from the post office. And you, you throw aside everything that you know you can terminate, and you leave a stack of what you must open. And the goal of the old direct response uh, marketing experts was to somehow get you to believe you needed to open their envelope. So they would send you envelopes that looked like there was a check in them. They'd have the check window. And it wouldn't actually be a check you could cash, but it would get you to flip it open because you couldn't take the risk of throwing it out. Much of email is not designed to entice you, but really effective email has subject lines that make them important enough that you can't take the risk of eliminating that email. And understanding the mindset of the customer as they're approaching that inbox is very important. They are not there with an excitement or an enthusiasm. No one woke up, at least not anymore, and said, wow, I can't wait to go through all my email today. Our boxes are full of spam and time wasters, and people need to get through it and down to what matters. So with that in mind, there's a second principle. To prevent that sort of elimination, uh, the marketer must ensure an immediate connection with the customer. Now that connection has become more important as time passed. In the beginning, we were more open to what that email message might be. But as time has passed, I don't even use the first line of the typical email to drive or implement or push the problem. I use to remind them or suggest to them why they're getting this email from me. The personal connection in many ways outweighs the core reason, uh, if I realize it's someone with customer service or something I ordered in the past or something I asked for, that I might give it just a few more seconds. Then comes interest. So, keeping all of that in mind, we've sort of come to a capital question here, and that is this. How can we actually get more people to open our emails? And, and to that end, we're going to look at sort of two key principles. And in this precious remaining time that we have, and it's only about... 14 minutes. We're going to pack it with about 60 minutes of content and try to get you something you can use now when you get back to get a result. So let's begin with the first thing. Connect to an internal issue. The word here is internal. And if this point doesn't make sense to you just a moment, it shall as this unfolds. So here's the first point. An interruption is not enough. We must transfer customer attention into customer interest. So interruptions get our attention. But you know what? Someone's attention is sustained only for a split second. Until the attention is converted into interest, it isn't focused long enough to get a message through. One of the problems that I find in the approach that many agencies take, and I know that many of you that are students and many of you that are online now are with agencies, so my message is an anti-agency, but be careful. Clever jingles and, and cool lines and bouncing penguins may get someone to look, but do they convert attention into interest? Interest is the key. And this transfer occurs when we create space in the customer's mind. You say, what do you mean space? It's the space that can only be filled with something that's coming next. You're looking for a void. Anybody that's ever studied Aikido knows something called the eight points of balance. And when you're trying to cause someone to, say, fall or you're throwing them to the mats, you're creating a void or a space where and against one of those points of balance. As soon as there isn't some pedestal in place... To, to stabilize the body, the body goes into the void. The same thing occurs in this sort of mental situation. You've created a space in the mind for what you want to say next. Many of us try to cram in what we want to say before we've created the space. And this is dangerous. So, in most cases, we create this space by connecting to an internal issue common to our customers and intensifying the offer's connection to that issue to attract them towards a potential resolution. So, thinking about it in that way sort of enables us to look at some examples. So, what you don't want is this, and John, I'm going to move you to the right, okay? Uh, You don't want this, you want this. Now, look at the difference. Let's go back. The first one hints at a potential issue in their ordering process, a new way to order. But it doesn't make the clear enough connection. There's too much meaning left for me to make myself. It hasn't done a good enough job of converting attention into interest. The next one, however, clearly connects the offer to an internal issue experienced by the customer. And again, because this isn't some uh, sort of class taught by consultants or teachers per se, but out of a research lab trying to understand what works through, through a myriad of experimental methodologies, here's what we discover from a test that this new version drives open rates up 25.3% and clip-throughs up by 196%. So, you can see that this isn't just a theory. It's a hypothesis that begins to bear out. Really, this doesn't prove the hypothesis, but it starts to indicate it's probably correct. And, of course, we do this and pattern this across hundreds of experiments in order to validate our initial hypothesis. So, let's keep going. Here's some examples of internal issues that you can connect to. Limited resources, unmet expectations, deficient skill sets, operational difficulties, fragmented perspectives. In each of those cases, you're, you're, you're connecting to an issue. And we can sort of see that with some examples. So, get unlimited access to the, and the name of the newspaper with home delivery. Now, while customers want access, this doesn't directly address the trouble they're having with it. So, look at this version free unlimited access, this connects directly to the internal issue. That is, I don't want to spend that much money, a limitation of resources. And it provides a potential way to solve this problem. So the headline is closer in its focus on the specific need of the individual. And it crosses that valley and doesn't leave me to stand on this side and peer across the valley and try to see the solution on the other side. And with that in mind, we can see the results a 10.1% increase in opens and a 33.9% increase in clicks. And this is in a very mature campaign that has been tested for years with the world's top marketing experts trying to constantly improve its results. Here's another example Target MDs with surveys and panels. Not a bad subject line, but it's too general. And it does not address a need and, or show a new way to solve the need that we sort of indicate in the subject line. Look at the difference. Reach 120,000 physicians through social media. Now, now we're connecting to an internal need to get results faster and to find new ways to justify their personal value. This is vital. The 120,000 suggest that this is a comprehensive list. It is. It's actually the world's largest community. And it sort of implies the value proposition. It uses that keyword social media at a time in the marketplace when when this particular industry and many other industries are trying to understand how to capitalize on that particular medium. And in doing so, it produces a much better result. 7.6% increase in opens, a 27% increase in clicks. Now, by the way, I'd love to spend some time talking about the inverted relationship between opens and clicks. An excellent subject line doesn't just get more opens. It gets more of the right opens and less of the wrong opens. I don't want you to open my email if it's not right for you. I didn't want you to receive it. If I could, I'd never send an email that wasn't just right for you, and I'd never send an email that shouldn't be opened by you, and I'd never send an email that you didn't open. Since I don't have that much control over the world or the people in it, I have to use stochastic sampling and experimental design to get there. And what you'll notice is that only 7% more opened. But it was something different. I don't know if it's clear when you think about it, but there's an exchange taking place that's sort of invisible on this slide. You don't get 27% more to open if only 7% more click through. Unless more who are clicking through are opening, which means probably some people that would have clicked didn't, and some people that should have clicked did, And the only other thought might be those who did connected an expectation in the subject line to the promise in the email and thus the velocity increased and more opened. All of those help understand that the goal here is not one particular metric, but it's that series of micro yeses that are being sort of achieved. And when you get the first micro-yes or the third micro-yes achieved, you must do so in keeping with the fact that there's one coming five micro-yeses away that you must keep getting yeses to as well. And anything you do for the short term that hurts you for the long term is taking away value from your P&L. So, look at this. Looking for a lower mortgage rate? You're not alone. This is standard sort of marketing language. What is... I don't even like this headline. It has that feel of hype. Who cares? I'm not alone. I'm looking for a mortgage rate. It doesn't have anything to do with a loan. And yes, I know there are other people looking for a mortgage. You're wasting my time with marketing. Uh, I'm trying to think of a... My my team is suggesting uh, words, but they're all four letters. (laughs) So we'll just use the word drivel. And somebody count that. Is that seven letters, eight letters? If it's eight letters, then think of it as a four-letter word times two. Well, this connects to the general need, it lacks any internal specificity. It makes very little of a promise. And frankly, it's just marketers imitating marketers. We've developed our own ear for our own song and nobody likes our music but ourselves. We don't even like to read it when somebody else is singing it. We don't like to be marketed with the same language we use every day when we write our own copy. Look down here. Own your own home sooner. Now, sooner is important. That's the operative word. With free bi-weekly payments. Do you see how I've just converted... Attention into interest. What is this bi-weekly program? I've, a lot of people heard there's a way to do that. They don't quite understand it. And and owning it sooner cashes in what that really means. So what's the difference in results? A 16% increase in opens and a 11.3% increase in clicks. Let's keep going. So we now come to the second approach. Paul Cheney, who helps curate all of my content, is in the room. Paul, how much time do I have left?
0: Yeah. He's running
1: around, by the way, showing me this whiteboard. I have six minutes to teach the second point. It's distracting because he, for some reason, is in this studio. We're in the big green room and he has no shoes on. I don't know what that's about, Paul, but I'd recommend shoes next time. Yes. We're all in suits and Paul is shoeless. I think he's, I think he's gunning for a raise. Uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's look at the second point. Approach to connect to an external event. So we did internal, now let's go external. And let's do it Rapidly. But messages have more meaning when they are presented in a story. Did you know that? People, people use story to make meaning and organize disparate facts into some sort of uh, comprehensible whole. And so a series of events that build towards a conclusion is easier understood than a series of random events that aren't connected. What does that have to do with where we're going? Well, we taught this slide in a copywriting clinic that we did at the email summit. By the way, there's one coming up in January or February in Las Vegas. I don't I don't know if there's a slide in this deck yes, about it, but if there isn't, you want to get in on that. That'll be the world's largest summit uh, on this subject, and we'll all be studying this sort of research. But anyway, this is a slide from that, and the only thing I want you to see is that there is an all-copy, a story flow, and we go all the way back to Aristotle's Poetics and then test it and discuss it in that particular clinic. And, and that, that same principle applies as we think about how external events help motivate a story. There's an action or a behavior. There's a conversation. There's a single exchange. There's a cancellation. There's a service interaction. Uh, this is sort of an event, this cancellation. Those, those sorts of, of activities help fit what I want to say into something that has meaning. A meaning in the sense of a, a beginning and a middle and an end. And I now know how to take what you've said to me and apply it in my life to a meaningful sort of problem. That's a good example. Test protocol, 2120. One, it's a national B2C, B2B financial company. The goal is to increase account activity. Uh, So let's look at what we have here. Version A, your account information is ready to view. Version B, it's easy to access your, there's your bank name, accounts online. Sign on now. Version C, your accounts are protected with the bank's name online. Sign on now. And version D, did you forget your blank, the name of the bank, And then the online username or password, and sort of asking if you've forgotten your password to get into your account. So, which of these connect to a recent event in the story of the customer? Did you hear that? Well written. I didn't write that question, John. But that question, John wrote it, that question helps frame the point of this second sort of reference to poetics and storyline. There's a story in the customer and your headline has to fit into their personal story. Which one of these does? Let me see your votes. They're coming in right now. Vote, vote, vote. I see lots of thoughts coming in, and I'm watching them as they keep them coming. They're coming so fast, but I'm reading them. I find them interesting. I look for patterns, how many, what percentages. Later, we'll study them in more depth. All right, so many of you are voting, and as you're voting, let me just tell you what we discovered. Which one? 92.2% was the winner. Now, there's a big increase across several of these, but A is your account information is ready to view. And, and so, what happened is subject lines A and D significantly outperformed those that did not connect to an event. And that was the key in this case. And what was D? Did you forget your, and there's the online username and password. Do you see how that information, completely devoid of hype, is connected to something in their life? For instance... They may be ready now to view that information and they want to know that their account is ready and they can get to it and access it. Or they may be hesitating to go in because they're afraid they don't remember their username or their password. And so I've taken a subject line that connects to their story, has particular meaning, and connected directly to it. And you get a great response. So, is this the case study that just came in? Yes. So, we just added this. I mean, literally, John comes in to me breathless. I'm in my library. I'm in a meeting. He says, we just had a case validate. Can I put it in the deck? And I said, yes. So, here it is. And what happened is, we took the principles that we were teaching and we were testing. The same principles right. we're teaching you right now, and we ran a test with them. And, John, just come on up and I'll let you explain it real quick. And sure. we'll wrap up with
0: this. So, um, if you uh, go to the next slide here, let's take a look at the uh, treatments. All so right. it's, a, it's a
1: marketing research publication right. company. Goals increase the open and click rates. Same sort of thing. And then, John, here we go.
0: There's the control. Right. So you guys may have gotten this email. Um, but uh, our marketing team, John uh, Hosier and the team, wanted to test these principles. And so we try to ha- uh, write them to reflect in the subject lines. So control is the A. Let's go to version. I'm sorry. Control is uh, subject line. And this is an
1: email for our own clinic. Yes. So many of you are attending. Of course, we're testing everything. Never copy our stuff because you, be, you may be copying the treatment or the control or the worst version. We're like the worst company to copy. And don't look at our web pages. There's like 16 versions of those too. And sometimes you have to do really ugly ones to figure out the good ones. So, again, there's danger there. But apparently, many of you are already part of a test and you didn't know it. And frankly, I didn't know it either. They just, uh, we do this all the
0: time here. So, John, what happened? So, version A uh, kind of tests an internal need to really fill in a perspective. Like, I want to know what makes a good subject line. In version B, uh, the hypothesis is that it's not just filling in a perspective, but it's uh, meeting an expectation, a fear of failure. Now, before, before, I, before you show me results, I want to just analyze
1: these. By the way, we didn't plan this, rehearse this. I don't remember the results. I don't think they showed them to me. I could be wrong. If I am, then, you're, then that's the whole point here, by the way. Um, there are no gurus at MEC Labs. There are no expert marketers. There are only experienced marketers and expert testers. And the reality is experience gives us patterns that we can apply, but we never know about the mystery of the human mind until we run the experiment. The testing process is not something we're in love with. It is customer wisdom that we're in love with, and we have to test to get it. But back to this, subject lines that Convert, Marketing Experiments, Web Clinic, invite. The value of the first line is because it has our name there, and if they didn't see it in the from field, if they're already signed up, they see marketing experiments, plus the name itself is intriguing for someone that doesn't know, and we found the name, the name itself has high conversion and click-through. The subject lines that convert uh, sort of tells you what we want to talk about, but it doesn't add much color. There's not much interest here. There's just sort of attention, and you get the idea. This is what it's about. So the idea is communicated. In the second one, what makes a good subject line ask a question, which always frightens me to start with, um, because people aren't here to ask <laughs> for me to ask them a question. They're here to get their questions answered. But it touches the idea that this clinic is about what makes a great subject line. Now, the problem with that is the word makes, to me, John, um, isn't clear what makes a good subject line. I mean, how do you build? How do you develop? It's, it's, it requires an intellectual jump. I have to think. Right. There's a, there's a four-second calculation necessary for me to capture the full meaning of that. And there's no right. promise. Zero promise. Right. All right, so what is version B? Well, version B is subject lines that fail, recent research reveals. Now, subject lines that fail is something that touches a problem, an acute problem every one of us have had before. Right. Recent research reveals, recent research tells me there's an authority here. This isn't just a thought or a dialogue or a vendor, but you're coming to marketing experiments because you want discoveries and you want research. And we're telling you we've got research and recent even tells you this is new. So I want the latest and I want what's new. Why your emails don't get open. Very clean, clear, problem I can identify with. In my estimation, three w- is the strongest. doesn't mean the customers think that. Uh, we've learned that before, by the way. Uh, but in my estimation, that's what's going on. Now, right. keep going.
0: So let's look at the results. Okay. I know that we did, you didn't well, plan fl- for me to analyze your <laughs> It's correct. <Yeah. laughs> and if you voted for C, um, for some reason, that really resonated with a large portion of our audience. To the point where it, it, we saw some results. Now, the funny thing about A is that you're right. It did have some issues. It wasn't as clear, but it, it at least touched on it enough to, to see yeah. some difference. Yeah. And, uh, and there's some debate on the validity, but there's definitely a clear difference with B and the control. Yeah, now, now and,
1: and, and, uh, people in the audience, please, I did not know, and it doesn't really matter that I did, but we didn't set this up. None of this is canned. Uh, John didn't even know he was going to be up standing here to help me until I just called him up now. I was going to do it myself. I figured he knew it and I'd have to do it for the slides without his help because he came into the deck so late. But the point is this. If you take these core principles that we've been discussing, there's a way for you to go back and get real results with your own work. This is something you can duplicate. And in fact, you can see this whole clinic replayed on our site and get the, the content and the information and the actual examples of what not to do so you can use these to help create your own subject lines. So... We're on time. Right. And I don't know what else, if there's anything. There's the a summary. And All right, so <laughs> here's a summary of the key content. John, thank, thank you very you. much. For those of you that are still with us, take a moment to use Q&A right now and talk to me and tell me if you found this useful. I'm very interested in your thoughts. And because we did some things different here, the way we talked about the tool at the beginning, the way uh, we dropped the research in at the last second, I see a slide. That there's no doubt I'm supposed to talk about, right, regarding yeah. the... <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a... No, I'm not a... I'm, I don't want to pretend that, or be afraid to, talk, to invite you to the summit. We're doing the email summit in Las Vegas. It's grown to be the world's largest. It's the only summit like this where there's all either people like you who are actual marketing practitioners presenting their own losses and their own wins and their own case studies that have all been studied and vetted by our scientists or our own team members, experts, scientists, and analysts teaching you. It is not a vendor summit. There's no sales there. It is all about learning how to get real results when you go back. And it's in Vegas at the best... Uh, New place in Vegas. What is the name of
0: that? The Aria?
1: Yeah. Aria? So uh, that is in, what does it say?
0: It's it's in February. It's February
1: 17th. So we invite you to come to that. If you enjoyed today, tell somebody about it. We do not charge for these, but we spend millions of dollars doing the research, and we hope that it's helping you, and we value building a community of people who are evidence-based marketers, who are interested in discovering what really works.
0: Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com.